afternoon. How are you doing, Father Jeremy? I am glorious. In this quarantine ex escapade. Yes. Experience, trial. Yeah. No. Actually, doing pretty well. It's been actually um, a lot of fruits, I think, for a lot of people. Not just me, but I mean, people we've talked to. Yeah. They have said it's good slowing down. Holy Week was different from any other Holy Week. I mean, it's a trial, I guess. Yeah. You know, the not being able to receive the sacraments. And, but, yeah, there have been a lot of online stuff. And it's funny how people kind of at the beginning were like, oh, no, what are we going to do? There's something to do. But then there's so much activity. Like the whole thing about social network, internet, and communication. Like people have actually said they had more work, you know, this Holy Week or this past month, reaching out to people oh, yeah. more than before. For sure. A lot because, of evangelizing yeah, the internet. And, and there's no time. You, you, you get your phone and you make a call. You don't have to drive to meet someone. And it's like nonstop. I mean, I'm sure you're, you're the master communicator. So <laughs> you've got throngs of people you're taking care of. <laughs> Yeah, young men, true. right? You've got a lot of young men. Yeah, yeah. Discipling. Yeah. Not a, yeah. No. Good guys. Good guys. Always. Um, so let's pray. So what's up for today? Start with the prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Right, let's Deacon, start, Father. Deacon, please lead us All in right. the opening prayer. Okay. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we place ourselves in your presence again as we begin this new, this third episode of Rooted. This moment where we speak about life, about faith, about culture, and trying to deepen in what you have prepared for us and what you want to tell us and maybe tell our listeners so that we can really bring more of you into the world today. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. In the Holy alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia. So, how was your uh, Holy Week? It was our Holy Week, I guess. How was we our Holy Week? We spent it in very close quarters. Yeah. Um, different. So we usually, those that aren't familiar, um, we're a missionary congregation order. Mm -hmm. So we try to do um, a missionary experience of Holy Week, not your typical parish experience of Holy Week, with our lay members and introducing it to other people, letting, sharing kind of our charism of being missionary. So typically that consists of um, coordinated evangelization efforts in the city, in the, going to the homeless, doing the works of mercy mm -hmm. throughout the city um, in, in the course of the week. And usually we have um, youth, high schoolers, college students that kind of create a core team that will follow it throughout the whole week and their families join in. So it's a good experience to live it in a different way. This Holy Week, obviously, was not like that. So it was um, lived at home, obviously. We're here and we celebrated um, Holy Thursday, Institution of the Eucharist, the priesthood, Good Friday, um, remembering Christ's passion, and Holy Saturday, Mary's silence, the empty tomb, or the, the closed tomb, and then the vigil, and then Easter Sunday. So all those celebrations of Holy Week, we celebrate together. Um, kind of very reflective and pondering the experiences of Christ, the movements that Christ went through in the Gospels and that whole period. So I, I had a, an amazing time. It reminded me a lot of novitiate, you know, our <laughs> seminary life. Yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah, it's been It was a very, I think you mentioned it right after Easter Sunday that 
we would never if things are back to normal next year hopefully you know like we wouldn't have an experience like this like yeah. a whole week at home even people even people you know they're all stuck at home and they participate in these liturgies right and it's funny to think um our easter vigil mass you look at when we streamed it and you see how many people watched it there's like over a thousand and i mean that's a thousand people right obviously you can say who finished the mass who came in late sure. who you know who left early um but that that was also living the mission like there are people who are involved people who participate people live it from their homes thanks and, be to god right and i was amazed like even up to now there this, there are certain people that still go like daily mass they're there the same people you know online masses with us that's so very beautiful to see that even um in spite of not being able to leave and trying to be careful um the faith is still lived and it's very powerful it's kind um, of turning down activities and turning inward uh-huh right yeah i think it's a special time no, it's, but now it's, it's awesome. easter hallelujah no more frowning <laughs> no more frowning we are an easter people and hallelujah is our yes song. amen actually before we go to that we have this new stuff here you see we have a um, letter coded cups you know d it's kind of cheesy for deacon uh, when deacon's gone then this will change but and i have to hold it this way so you can see the d and that's what j j i should have that Mother. team jesus team oh, jeremy jesus. amen um so yeah and so now speaking about you know holy week and living liturgies online i think there was a certain tension with certain people or people in general being like am i actually living the liturgy watching things on my computer screen or on my computer i'm oh, sorry on my phone in right? pajamas in pajamas who knows <laughs> right you wake up in the morning like all right sunday mass and like you're but watching you have it. easter pajamas on obviously yeah, yeah. lily's the best, <laughs> <Sunday's> best. <laughs> <laughs> you know like how how does how does that work like one guy today asked me um so i go to mass and like do I bring out wine and bread or, you know, like had to make it like real. I'm like, no, you don't really have to do that. <laughs> right. Right. It's like, how, how does that work? Right. Yeah. Then like, how's it work? Sorry. How's it work now? Um, watching things online, but also how does it work? Like, what is a true spirit of participating in the liturgy? Right. Right. And it's a great time to reflect on that because we're not going to masses. I mean, we do. It's extraordinary right? times. It's extraordinary times. But still, it's a, there's a lesson underneath all of that of participation in the liturgy yeah what does that look like and uh, i think to answer those questions we uh Do we have a special guest today yes we have a special guest <laughs> with a special chair right and uh our in-house academe with his own half you know, things he says go with my preparations it's a good thing yeah so he keeps us in line our in-house liturgist. theologian liturgist philosopher father gregory Usselman. Great to be here. You know, always enjoy to have you. It like took your, a while to convince him, but uh, I like your set. After all, yeah, <laughs> it's the it's the same set for those who who know. This is this, this is a place where our ECYD videos are recorded, where we did our our live concert. It's the, the loft. Day. The loft. It's called the loft. Many things happen in the loft. <laughs> yes. Um, we change things around to make it look, you know, depending on what we need. And what did right? you recently do on Saturday? Right. Yeah, we did a. Was it Friday? Friday. Friday. We did a live concert with a. Phase You're three truly. of the world tour, right? Yeah, phase three of the world tour. So virtual, virtual, shout out to that. What was that virtual all about? world tour. 
How did that feel? <laughs> what, what was that all about? Explain a little bit. <laughs> he tells me we're gonna do music, uh, live streamed on on YouTube. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. So, uh, never done that before. Let's see what this looks like. Um, two hours before it happens, our designated drummer tanks doesn't show up, and we have to figure out how to simulate his presence electronically to keep the rhythm. So, is that an initiative of Deacon Jaime, or no? no it was bigger, a bigger initiative for bigger guy. You know, it was Brother Luke Rowicki from Rome. Ooh. Shout out the to one him. and only, the one and only Luke Rowicki. So he had the initiative of doing yeah, a so world he, tour. He called me up and said, "Hey, let's do something. Let's do a four-day world tour of legionaries from around the world, and let's do a concert and uh, live stream it." And and I was like, "What does that imply, right?" So uh, it's pretty scary, but we had professionals involved, so it it was uh, so it was, it was fun. It, it was, was here in Louisiana, Mandeville, Louisiana, Rome. Room. Mexico, Mexico, Atlanta, Atlanta. 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 Yeah. So it was fun. It was fun. Uh, but now, you know, we're back to reality, speaking about like theology. Back to serious stuff. Serious stuff. So that was cool. Oh, speaking of serious stuff, guys, I also got him a serious mug. G. There you go. Gregory. Man. Warming gift. Housewarming. Yeah. All right. So what you, are we going to talk you, about? You gild him for the guests, huh? Yeah. Yes. Just Only for you. That's for you. So we're we gonna talk about. So we wanted to ask you, Father Gregory, how do we live, really live the liturgy as it is supposed to be? That's like basic question. Oof. Right. I mean, open ended. Supposed to be. It's like, what's the ideal, and how to make it practical and real? Because people need to live it, so we need to make it livable. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, we better start somewhere. Frame There's it a lot us. of background stuff to build this on answer on top of. Well, for starters, the the liturgy. Uh, I always tell my young people I talk to, uh, liturgy. I write the Greek word just to confound them. Um, liturgos. It, it's public works. You know, you think of your sanitary technicians that clean the streets a liturgist in ancient greece was anyone who works for the state waste management yeah among other things maintenance guy i guess it would include politicians too but you know wow anyone anyone who does yeah public servant and so liturgy are public works it's the and it got the context of worship and not just in the the judeo-christian tradition but in in many cultures they didn't use it that in the they didn't use that that word necessarily the christians co-opted that word of liturgy but every but every nation had its religion that gave it its culture a form a, a something a set of values to live by and it was not lived privately. You know, it was lived publicly because there was, you know, in, in, in Rome, there were, yep, yeah, Rome, there were temples to, you know, to Jupiter, Demeter, and all those, all those translations of the Greek same gods, you know. There like St. Paul and the Areopagus. All, all of it. Where you talk exactly. about the Greek gods. Yeah. So 
it only makes sense if you, if you consider that this is the people of God worshiping God the Father together by means of one sacrifice. Only one sacrifice works anymore. Okay, every culture has a history of types of sacrifice. We know famously the Aztec Indians they would kill their prisoners of war and that would appease the gods so they wouldn't zap them and all that stuff. And, you know, the, the Jewish tradition of sacrifice is a little more closer to home. You kill, you kill your best sheep and that makes up for your sin. All that stuff. And so, so sacrifice is not initially the... Um, the okay, I'm gonna give up this thing for that thing. No, that's the that's the modern translation we've pasted on top of it. Sacrifice means to set aside for God's purposes, and so it's not like a painful thing that we go through. It, it may it, it may, it be, may or may not but it's be. Not, it's not necessarily. So when I think of sacrifice, like I have to go to church and make a sacrifice. Yeah, it's like. Different yep. context nowadays. Yeah, or there's the we don't understand what best contacts. The sacrifice fly, advance the runner, in baseball. Yeah, pop the, the ball up fly. into the outfield. You'll get out, but you advance the runner. You might get an RBI. Okay, so that is the culmination of our <laughs> secular understanding of sacrifice. sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So giving up chocolate for lunch. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that point. But there's only one sacrifice that really makes us friends of God in a definitive way anymore. And it's Christ who came down, became man, died, and in dying, as he's perfectly innocent as he was, brought that to his dad, God the Father. And the beautiful phrases in the letter to the Hebrews, that he's always standing before the throne of God, crossing the threshold of the sanctuary in heaven, like the copy of the of the real thing of which the Jewish temple was a copy. And that's where he's presenting to his father always himself as sacrificed in the present tense. Because, you know, eternity is like always now. There's no time in eternity. Yeah, now. it's not like, oh, you sacrificed yourself yesterday. No, 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 it's always now. And mm -hmm. so that's, that's a beauty of the... The church beautifully understands that as Christ's wounds never close up, up. they never yeah. heal. Mm -hmm. He's always sacrificed, although glorified. Okay, so why that background? Because we, we, this, this is the crucial part. We are in Christ and therefore on board. We, get, we jump on that bandwagon of his sacrifice and then well that just changes the whole ball game now what we do is now what we can offer to god is now legit because why, why we're on the bandwagon of christ's perfect sacrifice that perfect offering to the father of himself which makes everything right if we get on board with that well, then the stuff I do, God the Father, I actually imagine him saying, like, yeah, I like that. Because like, he sees in us. If, if I were on, because I'm on the bandwagon of his son, he can't, of the son, he can't ignore his son. 
Yeah. If we're on the if we're on his son's shoulders, he's gonna see us too. Yeah. So what well, how do we need the in Christ? What does that mean? Happily that our Lord rigged it so that baptism was the vehicle by which we would get on that bandwagon. And the, the church tradition calls it the mystical body. That's why St. St. Paul getting, you know, banged off the pony. Um was told, You're persecuting me, Saul. It's like, okay, I don't know you. <laughs> you will. And as our Lord was saying, you know, my church is, is my me. Body. They're all in me. Yeah. So that's a very intimate what relationship. You do to the little ones you've done yeah, to, me. to me. A very intimate relationship. All right. If we get that, we get it all. And so um there's ways the church expresses that. Like at the end of the offertory in Mass, he says, Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours. Um, which is a, a novel thing. I'll get into it in a second. But everyone responds, may the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands, praising the Lord of his name, for our good and the good of all his whole church. And so that is probably the most explicit exercise of what's called the, the common priesthood of the faithful. Because everyone on board with this bandwagon of Jesus, like everyone who's baptized, is able to really offer sacrifice to God. In fact, we're obliged to. Not in the same way a priest does, who's conformed with Christ, who's the head of the bandwagon, right? Or priest, prophet, <laughs> and king, right? Yes, exactly. Yep. So they all share in that. Um, so I'm like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, a guy I met years ago on the ski slopes, he was, he was you know, can I give a shout out? Can I give a shout out to my friend? His name is Dan Egan. You know, he's the granddaddy of extreme skiing. And as soon as he realized I wasn't excited about the liturgy, he goes, "Well, I'm doing a podcast called Extreme Faith." I'm like, "What well, funny name you chose there, Chief?" And he, uh, he, he says, uh, "The purpose is." To get people into the back into the pews. That's why he called it his tagline was a view from the pew. He's like, but you, Padre, you're telling people what to do once we get them back in there. We could team up. I'm like, all right, you asked for it. So um I mentioned that because um there's a necessity for understanding that we're players in the game. What's yeah. that mean? Uh you know, basketball game, the best analogy is, you know, either you're sitting in the bleachers, go team, go. Or you find yourself on the court and suddenly the ball's passed to you. you. What do I do? And you're like, you hug it. I remember that first experience in third grade. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do now? Next thing I know, basketball. Next thing I know, there are four kids with other colored shirts than I was wearing on top of me. Like, oh, you know, and so that was just, discouraging anyway i figured out what to do with the ball years yeah. later um took a while but so that that is the, the we're, we're there's a sacrifice yeah and we participate it not as just in the pew but like with the priest as another priest when we're on board that bandwagon okay the act of worship by which christ adores the father through the one in in the form and the mode, let's say of that one sacrifice that he 
carefully fine-tuned and designed, starting in the Last Supper and ending with the Resurrection. That's the mode by which he adores the Father through us, his mystical body. Okay, so we got to figure out well, that back so to worship. it's not different how we no, go to Mass. That's, it's everything. Is that like, everything? There's nothing passive about being in Mass or participating in the liturgy. So in a secondary way, we can almost make the Mass more holy when we participate better. Like we we qualify, I mean, it's, it gets complicated, I'm but sure. In a, in a certain sense. Because it yeah. is one sacrifice already perfect, but and, we somehow. And just like in a basketball game, if I, when I'm past the ball and you do what I did when I was a brunt, I'm just kind of huddled and grabbed onto it. The whole team suffers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you might, you might win the game. Somebody get rid of him, please. You might win right. the game. But exactly. Everyone... So if I know how to participate, if I'm an active participant, the whole church benefits and grows and flourishes because of it. Not just me. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know? mystical body. Right. So what happens here? Um, let's say 50 years ago, the Vatican Council, Second Vatican Council, which, you know, those who have heard church history buffs, they're like, yeah, it was the last ecumenical council we ever had. All right. They had a task before them which was to tweak the faith that average Catholics understanding of the liturgy. What was it like before that? None of us were around before that. Grandma and grandpa. Okay. They were all right, but they spoke in a certain way. They said, you got to fulfill your Sunday obligation. What's that mean? The, the very way they phrased it means oh, I'm obliged to show up. Mm-hmm. If it's not, it's a mortal sin. Check it off the box. Pretty much the case. But you had, the you had to show up and and hear a priest mumbling quietly in a language you didn't understand. And so what did you do meanwhile? You, you just prayed your rosary. You know, if you're a pious. If you're not, you you know, you're looking you around the stained glass windows. Like, this. Are we, is this, are we, is it done? I don't know, are we, are we done yet? You know, <laughs> and so... So the church, the bishops, you know, when they're convoked for the Second Vatican Council, like, how do we reconfigure this? So, and then I brought along a book. I was like, I should bring recommendations. There's a lot of great things to read, of course, you know, but you want someone who's like going to give it to you in a bite-sized way. Irony of Modern Catholic History, George Weigel. It's very succinct in the description of what the Vatican Council did for us, because it took this idea of the church as the perfect society, okay, just like this this pyramid. At the mm-hmm. top of the pyramid's the Pope, then some cardinals, then a lot of bishops, then a heap of priests, and then everybody else, the whole herd of the faithful. It's perfect, and we're just going to go from there, translate right into the apocalypse. And, like, that doesn't help us very much. And so they developed this idea in, the, in their central document called Lumen Gentium, the the light of the peoples, where they coined the phrase "the people of God," which is not a new thing. It's that it's no, present in the whole the whole tradition, the whole Bible yeah. that speaks mm-hmm. of it. But like, no, it's going to become our central term because "people of God" carries within it the sense of we're all in this together, and we all worship together. All right, and so that was a big um, change in 
in the in the way the faithful saw it and how are some practical ways that it changed well they're like all right um he said we'll try celebrating the mass in the what's called the vernacular that's a technical way of saying in the language you understand yeah so in america the local language you know the priest is like all right and so the, the the church produced the the roman missal which for 17 centuries hitherto was in latin so now it's okay it was an english version now there's a spanish version not a french version and and then there were some further adjustments like all right well if the priests if the priest faces the congregation and he's actually ad actively addressing them that could be an incentive for them to actively respond back and so that's why there's several instances of the lord be with you and with your spirit because yeah. there's this this dialogue not, not just between the priest and people but with christ okay that he's he's leading them in and so okay so so all these little things we take for granted they're all fine tunings yep. to get us a hundred percent in the game so if you're sitting in the pew and just watching the mass doing the response is that enough i mean what should be going on inside your heart inside your mind like what does participation look like beyond the rote responses yep. right because i think we're talking about a little bit of just sitting on your bed watching, watching your pajamas watching the mass and then you know it's different now but when you're yeah. back at the pews, back to church going back to church yeah. what should that participation look like in a interior way what is the vatican council second Vatican council, mm -hmm. trying to pull out of the faithful mm -hmm. in their experience of the mass well, there is a principle that's very ancient. You know, it's what St. Augustine called the difference between the sacrament and the thing. <laughs> Sounds kind of simple. The thing. What's the thing? He mean, he refers to the, the grace. That's the fruit of the sacrament. Okay. And so we know that whether we, whether we are, I mean, atheists or not, Jesus still comes down upon the altar in the Eucharist. Whether I believe him or not. You know, obviously, I hopefully we do. Um, but what the reality of the sacraments does not depend upon my degree of belief. But by contrast, the fruit, the effect it has upon me does. And so there's a whole bunch of things that color my participation. I could be like you said in my PJs and kind of propped up in bed like, yeah. <laughs> with your spirit, you know, um, and it ends kind of it ends there. And so the effect that um that the mass has upon my soul will be minimal, yeah. you know. And just like my if when we're going to still going back to the churches, when I receive communion, I could be thinking about what's for lunch. I'll still receive the living God, but His ability to transform my heart it'll be like his hands are tied because i'm not there yeah. i'm not present can i give a scriptural analogy i love those okay i like them too um the seed and the soils right so the same seed yeah. the fullness of that potential future tree or wheat plant or whatever it is if it falls on rocky soil that's where my heart is centered on myself, kind of hardened towards another person, resentment, whatever, that seed is not going to grow, right? If it's a path where it's like continually 
um, worried about other people coming in and out, like centered on other people's opinions, whatever, that hardened path where a lot of people walk on, that seed's not going to be able to penetrate because my attention's on others. Yeah. When it's thorns, that's kind of like the anxieties and distractions of the mm -hmm. world, it's kind of like that sensuality where it's all stimulus and what am I groping for next to fill me? That seed's just going to be one more among many other concerns and yeah. occupations that I, It'll you know, like what's, what's lunch going to be? So that rich soil, kind of like what you're saying, that's the same grace, but it's going to take on root and produce fruit. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're and looking for. Another rich thing, soil. Another thing that we spoke about, at least when we had our liturgy course in class and theology, we had a huge discussion on the value of the intention of the priest and the faithful. Right? Right. And it it's the same thing. It's when I go to mass, is my mind and my will actively participating in living the mass? And whether and that's where intentionality comes in. If my intention is not there, if I just say the words, but I'm not really conscientiously wanting to say it, the grace or the level of grace that enters my soul diminishes because I'm not really wanting it. Right. Right. It's basic. If I don't want it, I won't get it. Any relationship. Right? You know? If yeah. you go talk, you know, talk to a young guy, if he's courting a girl, like dating a girl, and he's distracted when he's talking to her, looking at his phone when she wants to talk yeah, nothing, or like doesn't respond to his text. Stick. No. <laughs> we gotta work Doomed at it. Failure. <laughs> yep. You think? So, so. but That's uh, interesting. Yeah. I heard uh, an interesting thing the other day about uh a term called mindfulness, which I'd heard in a scattered context before, and it sounds very secular, and indeed it is. But one doctor, I just remember his first name, Dr. Greg. It's a great first name. I don't know why, but... Great name, um, Yeah, it just is. Yeah. I know um, another great guy yes. named Greg. Yeah. So <laughs> he's a Catholic therapist, and he put the term mindfulness into a whole new light, and it's, in summary, about being present for an encounter, for the private person right in front of you, or in a conversation, or even more importantly, before the living God. And he put a little beautiful prayer in there, which I'm going to kind of paraphrase and wreck it. But the, the, the gist is, dear Lord, ever present to me, help me to be here with you now. Which sounds like it's obvious and redundant. What am I doing here? I'm in the church, but like, no, no, no. There's more to being here than physically. And we all know that. We know when someone's talking to us and they're not there. It's like, yeah, you know. Could, could we make a couple practical takeaways yeah. for how to participate in the Mass better? Yes. So we have penitential, right? You know, the word. Even like offertory, like when you offer up the gifts. What can mm -hmm. participation look like there? It's Receiving communion. Yep. So maybe just like a couple of takeaways. And it's also like, keep in mind the circumstance right now, you know, from your home. How do you live that? Right. And also time is of the essence. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, you can start making it more practical now. And so the, the first and obvious challenge, the elephant in the room, is that I'm not actually there. I'm watching some screen, and I think Father's celebrating Mass. It's the 
So far, he hasn't shown he's deceiving me, but you know. <laughs> I, I'm going to give him my best shot and just say, that's, news, yeah, it's news, happening, you know? Fake news. <laughs> <laughs> last thing we need. <laughs> and, um, and, and what we mentioned about encounter is, is very central. The sacraments are vehicles for an encounter with the living the windows for an encounter with the living god and that's why they don't work at a distance so to speak i can't go to confession over the phone we can't we we can't we can't have marriage by skype you know i can't anoint um virtually you know those things don't work and so like it's physical yeah because god made us mind and body and soul and and so we're corporeal physical beings and the sacraments are precisely for this reality that we are they're tangible signs reflecting that something yes that reflect that and can indeed contain and transmit it you know Mm -hmm. so so we can't abridge that and so it's not that's for that reason it's not the same to watch on the screen, oh, I'm at mass. No, you're not. But it's the best you can do. Under the circumstances. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not. It's not like, oh yeah. You know what? Why go back to mass? It gives a big difference. <laughs> oh, you're not actually the there. Right? You know. Go back to normal life. It's comfortable. Like, why don't we? Wait, we should have mass here at home. It's under grave circumstances, right? If you're under sick. grave circumstances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So right. practical takeaways for yeah, so, how to so, live so, mass. So, so takeaways. Um, apply the, the the mindfulness principle at the very beginning lord help me to be here present with you and what's that going to look like mm-hmm. like you said in the penitential right i'm going to want to um dig deep and say lord um i'm coming into the august presence of the all holy god and if i have anything in order i'm going to realize i'm not ready for this okay so i do need a lot i have to repent from a lot and it could externally mean changing out of pajamas into something more dignified. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Sitting up. It's not the same as any other act during the day. Oh. Yeah. And it, and it is beautiful to see that. I hear testimonies from families who are you know doing the virtual mass and um, now the kids put on their good shoes, even though they're going like, <laughs> mom, we're shoes. going to the living room, you know, like <laughs> it's the only time they wear shoes no, the whole no, day. This is yeah. it's, it's for this reason. Like, okay, whatever you say. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and then the, the, the proclamation of the word of God, the readings that takes a little practice. It takes a familiarity. If I hear something from the book of Job, I'm like, well, what's this about? Or the, the prophets who just, speaking these categorical catastrophic terms what is that all about well it does beg me to get familiar with how did those things prepare the way for jesus mm-hmm. because it did god it, it is. explains the heart and of god. so in order to you you're going to get out as much as you put in that's a principle for all walks of life sports your occupation whatever so there's great books out there. There's a, a book I like, which is very accessible, The Jewish Roots of the Eucharist by Brant Petrie. And it blew my mind because the stuff Jesus did when he designed literally the mass as we know it was mm-hmm. minutely 
lined up with the Jewish tradition of sacrifice. So the apostles would see all this stuff lining up and making sense and being meaningful and it would blow their minds. And oh my goodness, um, which we are just naturally disconnected with 20 centuries yeah. removed and living in a very secular culture that does not take the Bible as its basis of, uh, of anything. So we got to put, we got to put in, uh, into it, the offertory, um, I've read it in many places, many testimonies of the saints. The Lord really does bless those that we ask blessing for. Like he, he loves when we intercede for people. Mm -hmm. He loves it. He gets excited about it. He's like, that's what I meant you to do. Okay. Wow. I have you know, a custom offering the, the patent with the host on it at the offertory. Bring intentions. And I put, I mean, imaginarily put people on the patent there or put yep. struggles that I have or mm -hmm. put intentions that I have that people yeah. have asked for. And it's like a, it's, it's really a beautiful because you're like, Lord, these are just our poor, you know, five loaves and two fish that we're offering to you and you you're going to multiply them and you receive it. And the faithful are, are, as you said, as priest, That's prophet, and king, they're called to also put those people on the patent. Our common, commonplace, ordinary thing is bread or our intentions, our prayers that are very simple. God's going to take those up to the father in his priestly prayer. I remember, right. I remember when I was in Novitiate, um, we were preparing for Mass, and I asked the priest, do I really have to get someone to bring up the gifts? And he looks at me in the eyes, and he's like, you know what that really, you know what that means? <laughs> have someone on behalf of the people of God to bring up the offerings. Like, that's huge. Like, they're representing the hundred brothers here right now, and the church itself offering these things to the Lord. I'm like, okay, I'll go find someone to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and you think of like... It, it was intensely <laughs> meaningful about 100 years ago. Yeah. Like in the in the parish churches, uh, one family per week was, per year, was tasked with providing the wheat and the wine for the Eucharistic sacrifice from what from their own farm. Wow. And so they're, they're from the wow. what God's given them, they're taking as if it's like, you know, like... The Israelites taking their little lamb for the Passover. Yeah. They're taking from what they've harvested and giving the best of it, giving it back, giving it back to the church, but it comes back once again to them a million times better as the body and blood of the Lord. Another, and so the offertory was so meaningful. Another biblical reference to show that's not indifferent the offertory also is Cain and Abel, right? Yeah. Out of our the very best legend. we offer God. Not from what's left over or what we selfishly aren't willing to offer God. So I think that's important too. Yeah, and then just coming into the in the second half of the Mass, which is you know off the ground with the, the what's called the Liturgy of the Eucharist. The fathers of the Church always talk about the table of the Word and the table of the the yeah the, the body and blood of the Lord, because the first one, hearing the, the Lord's Word, preps our hearts to profit from receiving His body and blood. Because some people have asked me sometimes, well, why don't I just go to a communion service? Like, doesn't that do the trick? Like, oh, gosh. Kind of, but <laughs> no. <laughs> Here's why. <laughs> you know, there's a whole process of worshiping, not not just as an individual, because you know, I, get, get, I get over that idea of, like, I can do this alone, just me and Jesus. No. No, that was not his idea. It's his you, a member of his church, adoring the Father together. Um, 
and you're not you're not prepped to be present and to say as the you know traditionally that centurion said in calvary my lord you know or as saint thomas said discovering christ my lord and my god mm-hmm. you can't say that if you just walk in and like okay oh, in time okay i'm just gonna mm-hmm. go up and get something not gonna happen yeah and so yeah there's a continuity there that we need to stress because it's just otherwise we, there's a disparity that we don't just oh yeah then now i come after the gospel i can't whatever you know and all those little things. Squishy you can't have the gospel. You can't go to. I don't know what. Anyway, <laughs> it's mostly true. It's, it's, it's happened. It's happened. It's happened. Exactly. <laughs> you know, coming during the homily, like yeah, okay. And so, coming to the end, the let us go forth. The mass is ended. They go forth is very important because the early Christians understood the liturgy. As not ending there, it, that was the culmination. But this worship of the fa- of the Father, Christ through us in the Holy Spirit, reverberated mm-hmm. into everyday life to the extent that when they were marched to the Colosseum to get eaten by lions, they would sing mass hymns, not because they needed something to do, but no, 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 my life is. The liturgy, it's still so it's saying, you know, like, Latin, you know, I, you know, holy God, we praise the name, but whatever the ancient Latin version was, I don't know, you know, just imagine <laughs> that. So, that was a profound unity, okay. And now we understand, now we're able to understand sacrifice, like, oh, my little sacrifice, y'all, you don't eat dessert for whatever reason, that makes sense and is pleasing amazingly to God the Father yeah. because. Oh, I'm already on board the bandwagon of Christ in his mystical body offering the perfect praise. So the little stuff I bring to it counts now. Before it wouldn't. And that's what's difficult for like Protestants and stuff to understand. Like, oh, you think you can earn your way into heaven? Well, not, not by a long shot. Yeah. But because I'm on board with Jesus' yes. perfect sacrifice, my little nonsense I bring is now valuable. I like you the know. image of the it's Easter huge. vigil with the Easter candle being that only light in the whole yeah, of the church. Of and that's kind of like Christ's prayer to the Father, enlightening, mm-hmm. giving one. And then all yeah. of us are little candles, our little offering, <coughs> but enlightens the whole church, brings light into the yeah. dark world. So, um, yeah, it's not indifferent, our participation in the way that we give. That's good. It's yeah, huge. so we can have in our... I mean, this, this is something you talk about for like hours on end, but that's our life, right? It's It's... When you, I don't know. I've had a lot of like mini mind explosions right now. When you like mind all these connections. And, and, oh, it's, uh, it's beautiful. It's huge. And, and, and there's other little subsets. Like you've heard, you know, how we priests, we pray the breviary. What's it's called the, um, the divine office, right? Uh, it's, a, it's a very, it's a very significant term because the office, well, who's in an office, the officials, of whatever well the officers or officials of the church are its clergy so they have the first obligation to pray the what's called the liturgy of the hours it's not the mass but it you it as we know it shares the same prayers prayers. yeah yeah you know and so and so the 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 one act of worship never actually closes Closes the the door 
Never from totally the rising end. of the sun, the sun to its setting, you know? the Lord just it just it, it just it just var- it just varies in intensity. It ebbs and flows, but it's all one act of worship, right? Until like Saint Paul says in Colossians, until God is all in all, like all of us, like we're all perfectly little images of Jesus running around on planet Earth. <laughs> That's like the end goal. I like to it's tell people that. Like, <laughs> I mean, it always makes people laugh. I'm like, that's exactly what he wants. He wants to have all little, little you know, copies of himself running, running around, Christians, Christians. literally, yeah. who are so conformed and on board with him in his sacrifice. Of like, you know, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the end game. That's the purpose of the liturgy. It's the purpose of the Bible to restore per right worship. And it is All right. an ex- awesome. exceedingly it's extraordinary awesome. moment where heaven touches earth. Yeah. Oh yeah. And all the saints and angels it were were enveloped into the cloud of believers and God himself is made present among us. So it's a foretaste of heaven. It is. Yeah. Heaven. And so, it's this is a great it's heaven. it's a great oscillation away from the compartmentalization of our modern age of um, okay now i go to gym class now i go to the office now i talk with my family for 10 minutes you know the Box little boxes schedules. of my uh-huh. life I, or like pie slices of the pie of the time of my life that's a recipe for schizophrenia no <laughs> we understand no it's all varying in its participation in the one act of worship mm-hmm. and it that will overflows. that will inform the way i do it well then now, now life has a unity i didn't suspect life it ever had unity. before you know and that's that gives when there's unity you get energy and direction and focus and joy well you could definitely tell his enthusiasm no, for this topic so I'm i think he's given us confused. food for thought Food for yeah. prayer, and it's been enriching. Yeah, thank you. Know you. you want to keep this thing going, just in case. Okay, here we go. Anything we've ever Self, said. Self promotion, right? Self promotion. It's a YouTube channel. Why we why worship. we worship? Imagine it's one word, no spaces. You put that in the YouTube search bar, and I'll come right to the channel. Why we worship? Why we worship? So, of all the explanations of the mass that. I felt obliged to um, share with the with the faithful at some point because they're getting yeah. so much out of it. And so yeah, well, that was that, that was done when Father Gregory was a young whippersnapper priest. Priest, right? Had more hair. Yeah. All right, closing. Yeah, fun, faith-filled fact for from the faith. Fun fact for for friends for friends. Okay, this is very brief. Um, today we celebrate Divine Mercy Sunday. Right, where a lot of people are into the whole let's gain a plenary indulgence. Right, we know what indulgences are. I want to explain that. You can all research that. Those who are listening, maybe um, another podcast later. Another podcast. But did you know that before 1967, indulgences were structured around a certain time frame of of performance, meaning. To do to get four hundred days, four hundred days of purgatory shaved off. Exactly. Right? How does that work? And then they they utilized a very interesting word that we use right now, which is the quarantine, which was the forty day penance, which is like for people that was like the most common way of fulfilling a penance and gaining an indulgence. That's so like penance for confession. Penance for confession, right? Or if you want to get a, a plenary indulgence, you have to do like a year of penance, like nonstop. And if you break that. 
you have to restart. So what did good old Pope Paul VI say? He comes out with a document, the um, Indulgentiarium Doctrina. No more quarantine. When he says, no more quarantine. It's not, the indulgence does not come because of how many days you did your penance, but on the quality and on the charity with which you did it, right? So you ask yourself, oh, why did the priest, after my crazy confession, serious sins, he says, just do a Hail Mary. So that was a right? huge break with huge break. the tradition that up till then had yeah. been. So which it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's like St. Teresa says, you know, it's there's more virtue um, in, I don't know, picking up a, a pencil out of love than going and making a hundred, yeah. you know, conversions. Yeah. So, it's like that. Quality. And I don't know if you said that and exactly it, like that. But, but I think it, it, goes, <laughs> it goes in hand with what Father Gregory just spoke to us about, with whole, like the unity of the liturgy and participating in it. It's not doing, fulfilling everything and doing all, all this stuff, but it's how you live it and actually putting your offering, you're offering yourself within the liturgy and, you know, being united all in all. No, with God. So, so today we get a plenary indulgence. Today we get a plenary indulgence. Even if you don't receive communion or confession, here. So those who want a plenary indulgence today, you do this: pray for the Holy Father and His intentions, make an act of contrition, make a spiritual communion, and have a conscious detachment from venial sin, and then with the intention of whenever we get the chance for confession, communion, we actually go, and boom, plenary indulgence. No purgatory. Oh, crazy. Temporal punishments. It's awesome. Man. Anyway, so to close, let's be God. Uh, I think Father Gregory can lead us in the closing prayer. Okay. Thanks, Father Gregory. Wow. Let's do that. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, um, Spirit of love, allow our hearts to be recipients of the abundance superabundant mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, whose passion and death have afforded us so great a gift. Permit that our union with you in the worship that you've given us of the liturgy, the sacramental liturgy to become ever more perfected and joyful and attentive for your greater glory. Yes, is Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And the Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 This is the Rooted Podcast. I'm going to keep this. Cheers. I'm going to keep this. Do I get it's, to keep it? It's Sorry. actually yours. Do I get to keep it? We stole yeah. it. Thank you. Right. I knew I recognized <laughs> it somewhere. was